The morning before I wrote this episode, I woke up and I felt another heavy burden. And I have not felt this way in a while. And as soon as it came to my head, I joined a prayer line. And I found that it is crucial that when trouble comes, run to God as soon as you can. I cannot emphasize this enough. Those thoughts will eat you alive. And the enemy is relentless and will try to attack you any way he possibly can. So when I was on the prayer line, I prayed. And as I prayed, I also cried to God to take the burden off. And in my prayer, I spoke the word. I told God that he was the one who said that if I call on his name, he would save me. And I kid you not, as soon as I said that, the weight left and my mood began to turn. And I know this is supposed to be a TMI tidbit, and is, but it's a double whammy. It's a testimony tidbit, a testimony that the Bible still works. And not only did I feel better, my devotional talked about taking thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ, which was very timely. And I know for everyone it may not be instantaneous, but in some way your faith has to move. So how badly do you want to take that yoke off? Hey y'all, I'm Dara and this is Free Indeed, a podcast for him, by him, through me. As we know, being a Christian in a secular world is not easy, nor is it supposed to be. Often we are faced with a lot of persecution about what is normal in society and temptation often arises to conform to these norms. However, God has told us to do the complete opposite in living the life he has called us to. The topic for this episode is about differentiating and understanding Bible versus society and how what God says is point blank. I do have a little disclaimer. This episode will be more of a discussion type of episode as the Holy Spirit leads, but we may go into scripture. But first, let's go into our opening prayer. Lord, I thank you for the word that you have given me to share. I pray that this would be a an instructive and fruitful conversation, and I pray that it would plant a seed to all those listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the world is way too loud today, and everywhere you turn, it's another thing challenging what we in Christ believe. If it's not disputes about abortion, then it's disputes about LGBTQ rights, or it's hatred, or war, or some other calamity. And it's no surprise that we're often asked to pick a side when it comes to these issues. Most often, it's meant to trap us, but if we remain sober-minded and don't act so impulsively, We won't fall victim to that trap. Satan is the ruler of this world, and Satan himself knows the truth, but he capitalizes on people's ignorance, which is why he knows which button to press to get us. And it's also not a coincidence that the only only religion we see challenged is the Christian religion. Yes, Christianity is a religion that depends on a relationship. But let us just take a look at how society tries hard to mock God People are now using the crucifixion as secular arts. People are blaspheming the Trinity in clothing, and people are even publicly glorifying the devil. 
All of these things are meant to not only show how bad the world has gotten, but to rile us up to react. But if God isn't worried, then I'm not going to be worried and neither should you because God will not be mocked. His name will not be profaned. It can't. On one hand, you have people who outwardly show great hatred for God. And on the other hand, you have those who are seeking to fill voids with new age practices like sage and crystals and chants and man manifesting and, and yoga and things of the like. And these individuals fully believe that these practices can replace what God has already established with teachings in his word. And it's really hard out here and it's only going to get harder. So believers have to remain grounded if they are to stay on top of the enemy's schemes. Nothing happening should actually come as a shock to you if you're aware of what God has already told you. The world wants to paint God as the bad guy, but his word has told us in Romans 3 verse 1 to 4 with an emphasis on verse 4 that what advantage has the Jew or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. So just to break this down, Paul is the one speaking, and he's speaking to the Christians in Rome. And what's going on is Paul has just finished explaining God's righteous judgment. His judgment comes from his ability to be right and true in all ways. It does not depend on the words or actions of human beings, meaning that whatever we as human beings create or argue, God will be right above all. And if there is a contradiction, it is always on the burden of man and not on God. So society may say, love yourself, but God says, love your neighbor, who is right. Society may also say, be proud, but God says pride is not of him and he resists it, who is right. According to scripture, God is always right. A friend of mine was talking about her pastor's sermon and it discussed individuality and how people try to define what is good and what is bad, but it's God who says what is good and what is bad. And I actually want to go deeper into this idea with a few friends. So I have a few panelists who I thought would be best fit to answer some questions about the way good and bad has been deformed. And I'll just, um, I'll let them introduce themselves. Um, so just say your name, what you do, what you create, social media, all of that. Um, I'll start with Candice. You could go. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Candice, and I am a new YouTuber. Uh, my content is under Cultivate with Candice, and I do a lot of Bible teaching podcasts, or not podcasts, sorry, uh, YouTube videos just about my walk with Christ and practical ways that we can walk with him. And so you can find me on Instagram and YouTube under Cultivate with Candice. Hello, um, my name is Zayera. Um, I have a vlog that's cultivated for the girls that love Jesus and natural hair. And I also have a TikTok um, connected to it. My TikTok is Zayera Renee underscore. Um, content isn't out yet, but please stay tuned and follow. 
Hi everyone, my name is Sylvia. I'm not much of a social media person, but I do here and there share my devotions on my TikTok and I create um, videos about the word and um, understanding that I receive from the word of God. Hi guys, my name is Joy. Um, I have a podcast by the name of the MSK Project. Um, it's pretty much out on all platforms just for honestly youth or anyone that is in within my generation um just trying to give them biblical advice on struggles we all face today um for social media um my podcast instagram is msk underscore proj well i'm destiny janae and i am um right now i'm a home curry for my mother um, but on the side, I am also a podcaster, um, and I also have a apparel line as well. And I'm 26. I'm about to be 27, and I live in Texas. Okay. Um, well, thank you all for being here and for um, offering your time. We can just get right into it. So Bible versus society, that's the that's the title of this episode. And I just want to talk about how first it's hard to correct unrighteousness today. And I've noticed that people have normalized a lot of things that would have been called out as sin and referred to as wickedness in God's eyes, but um, people, even those in the faith, don't really want to call people out. And society today loves inclusivity. Like we hear it everywhere, being inclusive and things like that. So my first question, to the best of your ability, and anyone can go first, is how can one stop negotiating so that we prioritize faithfulness, which is keeping God's commands over inclusivity? I guess I'll go first. Um, this is Joy talking, by the way. But the first thing that comes to my mind, the only way that you will be able to keep God's commands over trying to be inclusive is truly having a fear or reverence of God, like truly treating him and, and um, reverencing him as holy. Um, because without it, you kind of just, you will um, try to change and accommodate every person around you and make make yourself try to fit in with them. But the only way that you'll be able to get away from that mindset is saying like, God is holy and we, we are trying to please him ultimately. So fearing him is the best way to um, keep uphold his commands over over people. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I really agree with that too. Um, I mean, you hear all the time that we fear man more than we fear God. And that is the main reason I think that we compromise on our beliefs is because we have lost our fear of God and we have allowed ourselves to, um, to, uh, really prioritize how we are viewed in the world more than how we are pleasing to God. And so I think a way to uh, really stop compromising on that is to just come back to that place of your true love of God. And that is really where 
your fear of him, what can begin to pour out. Um, we also hear in the word that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when we begin to fear God, that's when we can have wisdom on how to operate in our daily lives and which way and which direction it is that we need to go and how to interact with people. I also agree with Joy and Candace on what they said. Um, just understanding the holiness of God will cause you to be in awe of Him and will absolutely um, make you want to obey every single command that He has um, given us to follow, as well as we can hear from Paul in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, when he says, um, are you now trying to please men or God? If you are trying to please men, then please men. For if you are trying to please men, then you are not a bond servant of Christ. So we really have to understand that in this life that we're living, are we trying to please God or we are trying to please men? If your answer is to please men, then you are going to be that person who um, want to negotiate who to include um in certain things, what to what to obey and what not to obey. And that's not really following Christ. That's being lukewarm in a sense. So I definitely do agree that once you have come to understand how holy God is, you will have that reverence and that fear, not enough fear of um, the fear that the enemy gives us, but the fear of who God is and the power that he holds, that you will be submissive to him as well. And it, Speaking of the word submissive, um, I do believe that a lot of us Christians have not fully submitted our entire lives to God. And that is why there's always that space where the enemy can use to attack us or make us um, unbelieve, uh, make us doubt and such. So if there's a part of us that is not submissive to God, then the enemy can use that against us. And there's only true submission under God once you are absolutely fully submit, submitted under God and the Holy Spirit and the authority of the Holy Spirit to use you. That's when you will begin to fully obey the, every single command of the Lord. So we have to search ourselves and in the areas where we see that we we have not given certain things up to Christ yet, and therefore the enemy can use it against us. And that's where we start to negotiate when it comes to other people because we are not fully submitted under God. So when there are certain things that other people are doing, we kind of want to say, ah, it's okay for them to do that. We are only saying that because we are not fully submitted to God. But if we are, then we see that what they're doing is wrong, and therefore we can be open to tell them. Um, that it's wrong and you know they shouldn't do this but because we are our fault at our fault ourselves we lack that understanding and that knowledge and we don't have that full authority that God has given us to tell them that what you're doing is wrong thank you for that um that was really good and that was that's gonna um, ruffle some feathers like we have not fully submitted to God. I actually do have a um a follow-up question for you, Sylvia. So or for everyone, but it was it's connected to what Sylvia just said. Um was there ever a point where you were not fully submitted? And if so, how did you overcome that? 
So I would say right now, um, I do know that I have not been, I thought I was, but a lot of my prayer um, a couple of months ago was for God to show me those secret faults of mine that I haven't given up to him. And I realized just today that right now what I'm going through is God revealing to me that there's certain things about me that I haven't given up to him yet. And therefore I'm not 100% submitted under him. And I have not given the Holy Spirit full authority over him because I'm still holding on to those sins and those things that I should not be doing where I choose to do. So um, I would say that right now, um, it's the moment where I know that I'm not fully committed, um, submissive under God. And therefore, there's just certain things that he can reveal to me or show me or places he wants me to go that I haven't reached yet. But right now that I have come to the knowledge of it by the grace of God, I know that I have hope and that he will be able to push me through this barrier that I'm in right now in this season. Um, because the first step is him showing you what you're doing wrong. And that already gives you hope because you know that he's going to help you fix those things. So I would say that right now is the season that I'm in. And hopefully I will have a testimony later on to tell about how God pushed me through this certain season of my life. Amen. We're looking forward to that testimony. Um, Where were we? Oh, yeah. Does anyone else want to share a point where? you were not fully submitted and how you overcame that or how you're working to overcome it. I know I would like to share. Um, I think I want to share first about the part about like how we can stop like negotiating um, and prioritize like the faithfulness. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, <laughs> it, I, I could think about the mind uh, as far as like renewing our minds constantly, because I know that it says in the word um, in Romans 12, two, you know, and it, it tells us to not conform to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed um, so that we will be able to test and approve what God's will is, um, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And I, when I think about that, I just think of if we, if we were to truly not just be in our word, just to be in our word, but be able to receive something from our word and actually believe what we're reading and, and actually be able to gravitate to it. I believe it would, it could really do. Um, I, I truly believe we will be able to change um, the way that we um, present ourselves as far as like who we even allow to speak to us, what we, what we allow to speak over us, even concerning social media um, as far as friends, like different influences, family, like setting boundaries, like, those certain things so that we won't even allow that door to even be an opportunity for the enemy to come in and to have access. Because I believe when our minds are not in a place of truly believing what we're receiving, then that gives the enemy the access um, that he needs. And it's just a little bit of a little bit of doubt, you know, a little bit of a, a comparison or a little bit of, you know, um, feeling jealous of what somebody has or whatever um, can be that door that he needs to just to just have that access to us, therefore, you know, getting us to a place of, um, of, you know, just, just compromising what, what we know to be true. No, you're right. Zaira, you're a little quiet friend. 
I'm here. <laughs> um, I don't have much. I don't mean to go backwards. I don't have much to say about um about submission, but I do have something to say about being strong and you know conforming to the world. Um, in terms of secularism, I currently in college, and I would say that the entire educational system is influenced by that. You know, the minute you mention God, it's a very very it's it's an issue. It's an issue that constantly presents itself, especially in academics. But it reminded me of these two verses. Um, it sounds a bit harsh, but and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And there's another verse. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will denied before my father who was in heaven and that denial can come in different ways i was reading a devotional about it and um the pastor basically explained like even if someone is having a conversation about god and you you know the truth but you choose not to share it you're essentially denying him so pray and ask god for a spirit of boldness ask him to fill you up and just ask the holy spirit to give you scriptures and to give you things to say so you can remain um strong because it is difficult especially when you're the odd one out but you know jesus said he's sending us out as sheep in the midst of wolves. so definitely use wisdom um if people slander you it's okay the disciples went through it jesus went through it and if he went through it we're also going to go through it so just um yeah that's my perspective on it be bold and never stop proclaiming the word you might make enemies along the way but that's what's expected yeah definitely we definitely need to be bold um so we have no choice but to interact with the world and we are commissioned to to do that, in fact, in order to make disciples. And there's no escaping it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5.10 that if if it were that bad to interact with the world, that we would have to leave the world. But here we are. So my next question is, how can we practically remain Christ-like in this world? So what do we avoid and what do we draw near to? And how do we really stay sane? you can answer the question in whole or in part, whatever comes to you, and anyone can go. Um, so I work at a chemical plant, and a, a majority of the people that are working there uh, are not professing believers. And so every day I go in and I'm surrounded by people who do not have the same beliefs that I do. And um, one way that I that I like to uh, shine my light in the workplace is really just by the way that I act. Um, You know, everyone has probably heard the saying that you are the only Bible that some people will ever read. And I really try to take that to heart. And, um, but in the ways that I act, I try to showcase the love of Christ. I try to um, stay out of gossip as much as I can um, definitely an area I still have to work on because it can be really, really easy to be drawn into that. Um, and uh, another thing that I do is just share about the ministries that I do at my church. So I have a young adult ministry um, at my church, and a lot of people that I work with are around the same ages to me. And I really just try to invite people to come out to that event. Um, we try to do things that are enticing to people of our age. And um, just involve them in that ways, because a lot of times people are 
are searching for community. And this is a really a great way to get people to come to that. Because sometimes people will not ever come to your church service. But if you're having an ice cream night or if you're doing a movie night or something like that, this is just a great way to show them that, hey, you can be a Christian, you can love God, and you don't have to be stuffy and um, only go to church or only do X, Y, and Z. And that there is a better way to go about things like this. And also, I really try... When my friends at work are asking me questions, I really try to answer with wisdom of the Bible, even if I'm not say, like quoting scripture per se, but I really try to answer them um, using wisdom that I have gained from reading and just just submit that to them to see if that's something that they want to apply to their lives. I honestly agree with everything that Candace said because that's something I strive with as well I try my best to let my actions do the talking um but I'm also I I work but I'm also a college student as well and so one of the main things that I try to remember um there's um our word tells us to walk in the spirit and so with that the best thing for me to do is kind of to start my morning off with Christ to prepare myself for the day. So rather that's me listening to, you know, audio Bible on my way to classes or me listening to worship or worshiping in the morning, prayer in the morning, reading my word. I try to incorporate that at the beginning of my day because I realized that when I take out time for him at the beginning of my day, the rest of my day, I'm more conscious like you have to remain conscious walking in the spirit means to be conscious and remembering who is living inside of you and so when I do that at the beginning of my day it gives me a good reminder of like okay Lord help me to walk in the spirit today help me to react in the spirit and do things that that would glorify him um so even like Kenneth said like even if I can't necessarily you know give a bible verse in a response or always invite um, to church, like sometimes I'm not able or even have the time um, to to do that. But if I can do it in the way that I respond or in the way that I greet or talk to people, then I do try to just show his love. Like that's the biggest thing. I think if they see our love um, through Christ, I, I, I truly believe that that is what draws them closer to you. But also going back earlier to what Destiny said, also keep boundaries um, because I think when you are primarily surrounded by people of the world, there's certain conversations you won't be able to engage in. There's certain things that you won't be able to do or be able to go out with them and do. Um, and so knowing that you have to stand firm on whatever boundaries you have. So I would definitely say like avoid getting in situations where you would compromise, even going back to what we were just talking about, avoid situations like that and try to um, remember who you're representing. Like that's my biggest thing. Just remember who you represent and try to walk in holiness as best as you can. So I would also like to add, um, <sighs> and hate to admit, <laughs> but um, I was actually going to talk about love and something that I was, well, actually something that I'm learning as of recent is that for one, the world is getting to a place where they not really caring about what you got to say anymore. You know, you can sound all anointed and holy and spirit filled and speaking tongues and all that. But it's just like 
that does not that does not give them that it's just like it's just not an attention seeker it's not giving them really now not all of them this this a good amount of them but just not not all of them are going to be convinced by what you're speaking so um as we continue to just go back to just the actions of a thing and knowing what it actually means to walk in love um and that's something that I said that I was actually I'm actually learning about myself because I don't know who taught us um, that that love is a feeling like it's an emotion. Um, you know, when you tell somebody that you love them, it's just it's just it's just, um, you know, um, ice cream and lollipops all the time. But um, learning that love is an action word. So even when he's telling us what love is in First in Corinthians 13, I realize that all that stuff really literally takes effort. It takes work like it takes for you to get out of your mindset, what you think, your feelings and all that stuff and still choosing to show this person love. Um, and I know for me personally, I have I, I have a hard time. <laughs> I have a hard time doing that concerning certain people. And it's usually the people that are closest to me where I would choose, you know, to or I would say that if I'm always in an area where I'm always able to love on people and people are always able to love on me, it's easy but, you know, what can I benefit from that for real until I'm put in a position where the Lord's testing me and showing me, like, how how can, how will we be able, how will I be able to respond to someone that, I wouldn't even say that they don't love me, but they don't receive the type of love that I'm trying to receive, you know, that I'm trying to give them. And so, therefore, it just causes, it just causes um, static or it causes conflict. So, I think just really learning um about love and, and knowing how to walk in it and, and asking the Holy Spirit to help us, um, really to help me for real, you know what I'm saying? On really just loving people where they are and, um, just, just, just like the Lord did to us, you know, um, and how he's continued to love us, you know, where we are now. So, yeah. I, I think all the ladies, I know all the ladies gave really good answers. Um, I do want to add that for me, um, I am learning. <clears throat> I am learning how to use my spiritual gifts. Um, this is how I believe that I can not only just read in the Word of God and obey His command, but using the gift that He has given me is a way for me to show that um, there's Christ in me, and for me to practic practically live out what Christ is like and how he, his interaction with the world when he was here um, can also be, be shown through me, even though he, he's in heaven now, Christ still lives in me. And that is how I can show other people around me that there is Christ in me. So with the spiritual gifts that God has given me, gifts of health service, um, I am a giver. I love to give. Even if I feel like I'm not going to have enough for me, I trust God will provide for me. I love to give um, financially or whatever I have to people. Um, I have gifts of intercession. So whenever there's a chance for me to pray, I want to pray with people. I empathize with people. I sympathize with people. Sometimes I believe that the Lord puts the burden of other people on me and he shows me the things that other people are going through through prayer or through dreams. And I reach out to those people and I pray for them as well. And um, there's different kind of gifts that God has given all of his children. And he gives us this gift 
not for ourselves, as Paul said, but for the benefit of those in Christ, for the church, for other believers as well, so that those who do not believe can see how us believers treat each other. And these gifts are to help each other and to help other people who will come to Christ as well. So I believe that one of the ways that I can live out Christ's like is by using my gift, finding out what my gift is, use, um, asking God for understanding how to use those gifts, when to use those gifts, when not to use those gifts, you know, it's very important. So with me, knowing that God has given me a gift, um, different kind of gifts to help his children, um, I use those gifts and, and gifts of faith to, to, to um, bring out the, the, the word of God to life. Um, through the faith that he has given me all the gifts that God has given his children these are ways that we can use to help one another if you're to serve serve if you're to help help if you're to intercede intercede evangelize evangelize gift of knowledge use your knowledge and your wisdom to help others um, preach you know whatever you're called to do whatever gifts has, is going to help your ministry with um, to to help your ministry, whatever gift that God has given you to help your ministry, you ought to seek the Lord for those gifts so that he can reveal them to you so that you may be able to use it in the way that he has called you to use it. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to understand what you're trying to do in life because those gifts are to um, help pave the way of what you're called to do. And we are all called to do something, to push forward the kingdom of God. So using our gift and understanding how to use it, when to use it, is very important. And I believe that um, we should all try to seek out more and, and, and seek understanding from the Lord um, to help us um, use this gift in the manner that is pleasing to him. So definitely using our gift to help others and those in our family and ourselves is a way that we can live a Christ-like life and help others in this world. Thank you, Sylvia. Sayer, do you have anything to add? No, I do not. Okay. Um, all right. So I really liked everyone's responses. Moving on, I want us to think about how Jesus preached and how sinners usually followed him in huge numbers and um that's not really the case today and it's common that when believers followers of Christ teach they're often met with insults or just being ignored so with that being today's case do you think the church is doing a good job in telling the truth the way God wants us to because, sorry, I'm just going to add this, because if we were telling the truth the way God wants us to, shouldn't we be seeing more people surrender and more people coming to listen? Yikes. This, this is real. <laughs> Woo! This is a tough question. Only for the simple fact that is, uh, the only thing is, I can't even say it's the entire church, but obviously we know that one child can make all the children look like they <laughs> not doing correctly according to their parent. Um, so I'm going to keep this in a parent to child type of uh, example. Um, when you are raised up, let's just say you have multiple siblings, your parents taught all the exact same things. You all know truth because your parents taught you truth. 
Um, the issue is sometimes we grow up, we may learn about different things from other people. Other things are influencing your way of thought. And by the time you get older, some of the children may stick to what you were taught. Other children may decide to go their other way. And that's exactly how this goes. So I would say the church as a whole, I have to say no, because one, I I mean, I don't have to say no, I'm sorry. I have to say it doesn't apply to this because one bad apple does not, it, it makes the bunch look bad, but it does not equate to what we know who God is. Um, and I say that because God is still good. God is still um, holy. Everything about him is true. It's just that his children, not all of his children are great at representing him. And we see this because there are so many churches that have taken another agenda um, over God's agenda, over kingdom agenda. So whether that be money or them worried about how many people they're bringing in or you know, whatever it may be, um, whatever they are looking to gain out of this, they're putting that above what God has said. And, and I think this is because so many people nowadays think that they can just raise up and be a pastor, um, because they want to, or because of the income or whatever, like they just think that you can do this because it is a job, right? That's what we see it as. But when I look in the word, you have to be called by God in order to even take on the the name of pastor or bishop or whatever. You have to be called by God to do that. And I think today we have many people who are leading churches who have not been called to do so. And so it's giving the church as a whole a bad rep. Um, so to answer the question, no, I don't think the church does a great job as a whole um, telling the truth. We just have a few bad apples. <laughs> Yeah, just adding on a little bit to what Joy said, um, some churches, they have their own agenda. They have their own thing that they want to accomplish in the name of Christ, though it's not necessarily him. It's just their own will and they're just attaching God onto it. But um, I also feel like sometimes we're with church, the focus isn't right. It's I know um, you can. I'm sorry. Um, sometimes you can walk into a church and recognize the congregation's um, spiritual help. I don't want to use the word help, but like where they are spiritually, kind of similar to the um, to the letters that, well, to what Jesus said to the churches in the book of Revelation. And so sometimes I feel like we get caught up in too much of the other things like finances, money, or even pastors alone, like just the theatrics of service, like you know, pleasing the crowd and everything like that. And I believe that that influences the way how they give the word. Um, you know, sometimes people, they just want to come to hear a good word, but they don't want to hear the thing that'll hurt them and that'll convict them and that'll make them do better. Or, you know, there's a very fine line with conviction and, and people are feeling like they're being judged and everything. And I feel like in order to, um, for some pastors, they just want to, you know, they, they're so focused on the numbers and so focused on growing the congregation, but they're not really focused on the quality or the true um spiritual growth of their flock. So I feel like that kind of distorts it. Um, but I can't answer, as Joy said, there are, you know, some bad apples. I don't have all the knowledge to answer in such a broad way. But from my experience, I do know that those are factors that contribute to it. Does anyone else want to add? Yeah, I'll add real quick. Um, I do agree with both Joy and um, Um, I believe, this is just my opinion, but if they touch 
if the church, church was telling the truth of God, I believe that there will be no division in the church. And nowadays, there's so many different kinds of forms of different churches, denominations going on. And they all are saying they are under Christ. They are all believing to be God, God-driven. And it's not looking how it should be because if it's all under God, all under Christ, then everyone should be obeying the word of God just as it is written in his holy word in his in his Bible. But there's so many divisions of the church. It's broken up in so many different ways. Now it's it's hard for someone who does not know God, who does not know Christ, to pick which church to belong to, which is even a struggle on its own. Um, coming from my personal experience with churches that I have been to, um, there's churches where when you, you when I'm sitting and I I question, is the Holy Spirit here? Is the Holy Spirit operating in this church right now? Because like something just feels off. And then there's church where I go to where they're they're worshiping, they're praising, they're doing everything, and you you, you can sense the Holy Spirit there as well. So it, it makes it makes things like that makes me question. And if I'm questioning and I'm already a believer, then what can someone else who's not a believer, what would they be thinking about it? So with the division of the churches is already causing an issue in itself. And also I believe that some churches are taking advantage of the fact that Christ has died for us and is trying to sugarcoat the things that God has told us to turn away from as believers and as a church as a whole. Um, they are taking advantage of the grace of God and um, of, uh, of the salvation that Jesus has brought to us. And they are not preaching the word for how it should be preached because the God of um, the Israelites, the God of Elijah and Isaiah and all the prophets back then is the same still God now. The only difference is that the Jesus Christ takes away the wrath of God from us. And I believe that I believe that sometimes um the the preachers they forget that God still hates sin. Yes, Jesus Christ has died for us and we can be forgiven. But I feel like they sugarcoat the things that need to be said and say, stay away from sin, do not do this. Um, because you will perish if you continue to live in your sin. And they sugarcoat it and they take advantage of of, of what God, um, of the free salvation that Jesus Christ has brought to us. So I think in, in a way, and it's just not the church, it's us believers also who, who, who go to those churches. We are taking advantage of the grace of God as well. It's not just the, the pastors and the preachers and the deacons and the elders of the churches. It's especially those who are sitting in the pews and listening to the word of God as well. So I do believe that the, there, there's, there's, some way, somehow that the churches can can find a way to all come together and preach the word of God as it is. But I feel like as the world um, goes under or deteriorates or gets worse, as people get worse and the generation gets worse and worse for pulling uh, and pulling far away from God, I feel like it's going to be difficult and, and the word of God is going to be watered down more and more and more. And people are going to think it's okay. but in the end, we will all find out that it's going to be by the grace of God that we, we get through 
um, the things that we go through on this earth. And hopefully we all receive that crown in heaven. That was a little too loud. <laughs> no, but um, thank you, Sylvia. Um, anyone else want to share? Destiny, do you have anything to add? Well, <laughs> I think all the answers were taken, but um, I, I would love to definitely share um, just just a similar experience as far as just how confusing it can be <laughs> um, and how I see it now as far as like a couple of years ago when I was praying for um, a church community. Um, it's... <laughs> I, I I can also agree that I don't believe that we do a good job in telling the truth God's way. Um, I'm not saying all of us in a whole, but I'm really picking back off of what Joy said. Like, you know, there's just some that just, you know, do what they do. And um, I think the, the thing that I do want to add to this is, though, it's like, how can we, like, get through that? Because I've also been able to notice how the enemy has even divided us, just as um, as Sylvia was saying. And it just, for somebody that's not saved, they, I'm pretty sure they would be confused. I can definitely agree to that. They're going to be like, I don't know who's saved and who's not at this point, because they all acting the same. You know, they're all divided and, and not on the same page. And then, you know, that will drive, drive anybody away Um I wouldn't say I've I've met people who who were very confused as far as like what was what, but it did not necessarily drive them away from community. Oh no, no, it did not drive them away from God, but it, it drove them away from community. And um I think even that in a sense could be dangerous. Uh I mean, because we need community, of course, but we need we need Jesus more than anything. Um so I don't know. I don't really know how to answer this because all the answers were really taken. And um, I would just be wasting time if I was just trying to come up with an answer. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna just agree to my sisters in Christ. I am in agreement to what they say. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, I agree with everything that was said. Um, I definitely think that we're abusing God's grace, and that's the reason why there's so much confusion and and division and things like that. Um, so. For the next question, um, in today's society, a lot of people are seeking to fill voids with different things like sex, pride, power, even worry are all things that people fill voids with. And um, even though these things can fill a void, it's only temporary. And when people do this, whether they know it or not, they're actually looking for God. They're looking for someone or something that can fill the void forever. And God has created everyone with a void that he can fill. That's why there's an emptiness in us. It's meant for God to fill. And Matthew 6.33 says, but first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you meaning that he will give people what they really need when they look for him first. So when people do not look for God first, but they look for a relationship or a job, lead or anything else, um, they're guaranteed to not have that void filled and they're guaranteed to not 
find what they actually need. So with all that being said, how can we as those in Christ bring more awareness of the need to allow God to fill these voids? And how would you advise someone who is on the fence or even against the fence to completely say yes to God? Do you think that Jesus always fills our emptiness here on earth? Are we meant to be completely full or are we um, are we meant to just be at a certain level of satisfaction until we cross over to eternity? And I know that was a lot, but the first question is, how do we bring more awareness for people to come to God to fill our voids? Oh, oh, I love this question. Okay, I love all your questions. Well, I really love this question. Um, and the first thing that popped into my mind is by telling our testimonies. As much as I shy away from mine, but <laughs> uh, I would say telling our testimonies because, like, what what other way will we be able to show people that even people that are in the Lord now and that are walking close to Him now, they 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 were once where where you are, you know, like we used to be out there, and you know that's not everybody's story, but you know, um, that we will be able to tell um the people that are that are lost out there, or the people that are even thinking about or what what you say, um, on the fence. Yeah. Um I I would just say telling our testimonies. Um that, that would be something to be said for that one. As far as the um uh, always feeling the emptiness on here on earth, um that's 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 really deep. That's beyond that's 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 a that's a lot to think about. Um I, I would love to say that I believe that we're supposed to be completely filled. But then again, I'm not sure. Because even though we know that God can is the only one <laughs> that can completely fill us. Because whether we have more money, you know, whether we have that business, that car, that house, the man, like none of that is, is going to be able to compare on um, what our father can provide us um as his children but then when i think about being fully filled i'm like will we still have that 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 unction of i still need god even though i'm i'm com- even though i'm fully complete i don't know i don't know i would say yes i'm gonna just say yes okay i feel like i'm going on for a long time but i would say i would say yes but i feel like at the same time the lord will allow certain things circumstances whatever whatever that he wants to use to keep us in a place of still needing him um even though we have him um like in a place of keeping us humble in a way of keeping us um okay yeah there's no other language that I can put that in so yeah that's what I would say <laughs> that's what I would say no you're fine thank you i agree i agree i also agree um because, you know, when Jesus or when God is the center of everything or like, well, when he's the source of everything, we're always going to be full being that we have him despite our circumstances. Like, for example, Jesus should be the source of our joy. So literally we can be straight up walking through the fire. But <laughs> being that we like he's the source of our joy and he's a provider or protection or all of those things, we should have that sense of fulfillment within him. But as Destiny said, um, 
we're never going to ever finish learning about God. It's in, even once we get to eternity, there's still some things I believe that we're not going to know about him. So it is a constant thing. One to humble us and because, yeah, one to humble us and to just be in constant awe of who he is and like of his holiness and everything. Cause we're never going to understand God. We're not ever going to get him. But um, I do feel that there is definitely a sense of fullness and wholeness that we do have within God that he provides to us. So we can literally just ask him for it and he'll have no problem imparting that upon us. Um, and in terms of like advice to give someone um, to completely say yes to God, being in that state of loving the world, but also wanting to love Jesus is real. And it's a very difficult thing. Um, from my experience, one thing that I will say is the desire for you to the desire, or, yeah, the desire for you to even possibly want to even seek him is a good thing that comes from the Holy Spirit. Nobody seeks God within their flesh. Nobody wants anything to do with that. So that is a good thing. And being that that desire is already there, I just say, um, pray, ask the Holy Spirit to want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you want the things that God wants for you. Help him to just want your increase the love of a God within your heart. And um, yeah, just like. I'm sorry, I can go off topic because I do like talking about this, but just ask him to know the heart of God, ask him to like just have a greater fellowship and honest of God and to just truly love them to, I'm sorry, to truly love him more and ask him for an increased desire to feel his presence and read and get into the word and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you because I promise you the minute you do, he will start to illuminate things to you and you will see a difference. I, I kid you not, just by reading two or three chapters of the Gospels, you're going to see the distinction between living for the kingdom of God and between living for the world. And once you get that feeling of like, oh my goodness, like this is what God is all about and everything, you're not even going to want to have nothing to do with the world. Temptation will still very much be there, but you're not going to want to have anything to do with it. It's truly the Holy Spirit and it's his ministry and it's his work to draw us closer to God. So just ask him and he'll have no issue doing that. That was so good. Oh my goodness. I'm excited about this question too. This is a good one. I think as far as the first portion goes, the biggest thing that I know I needed is discipleship. I think I really believe that we can bring more awareness through discipleship because we are so quick as the church to go over the sinner's prayer with someone and be like, great, like welcome to the kingdom, my brother, my sister. We're quick to do that. But we never give follow up steps behind that. Um, we're not quick to say, OK, you know, after you've accepted him, let's remember that you you need to be in your word. Let's remember that you need to pray. You need to build a relationship with him. You can't just say this um, and assume that everything is going to change right now. Um, we are quick to do that. And I say that because I experienced it. I accepted Christ. And then I got out and was like. I know something's different, but what do I do from here? So I think that definitely would help bring more awareness to it. And then also, if you're on the fence, my simple answer for you would be like, know the man, get to know the man, get to know Jesus for yourself. Don't don't look at him from the standpoint of like what the church says or what other people are saying. I would say to truly seek him for yourself. If that just starts off with you having simple prayer with him, talk to him like a regular person. Talk to him. Yes, he is God. Don't get me wrong. But 
until you know him as God, truly, you need to talk to him as a friend, tell him the truth, you know, kind of tell him what your doubts are about him and what you're not understanding, because I promise you, the Holy Spirit will reveal those things to you. Um, and kind of going back to what I said, if you're on the fence, you already kind of have um, some type of um, desire to know him or know more about him. And so with that, like I said, if you're praying to him, he will reveal those things to you as long as you're still seeking and willing and wanting to know. Um, I, I, the second half of this question, I do think it is, it, it is pretty deep because he does. I do believe Jesus always fills our emptiness. He's the only answer to that. I do agree with that. Now, if we're meant to be completely full, that is another question. I think, mm, let me see, let me try it lightly. I think we're meant to be completely full, um, but as a believer, personally, but many believers do not understand the power that we have walking in Christ. And so I think sometimes we kind of, um, what's the word? We kind of accept the bare minimum or we accept um, staying in, you know, ankle deep of this walk just because, I mean, I don't know, maybe it could be out of fear or maybe it's because we don't know. Whatever it is, I think we're meant to be completely full, but we don't always take the the proper precautions or things that we need to do to get to that place of fullness with him, if that makes sense. I think it even goes back to what Sylvia was saying earlier, like if we're not fully submitted to him, how are you going to walk in his complete fullness? Like there's no way you'll be able to say like, I feel completely healed or I have complete peace through him if you haven't submitted or you don't know him. So yeah, that, I think that's my answer. <laughs> no, that was really good. I agree. I definitely I definitely think a lot of us are walking around just accepting the bare minimum or living in the bare minimum because that's what we give to God. But, um, yeah, anyone else? Uh, I really agree with what everybody else said. And the verse that really came to mind when you asked this was Matthew 5 and 6, where it says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. And so this is just a promise to us from Jesus is directly from his mouth that if we are after him, if we are seeking his glory, if we are seeking to to follow him, um, he promises to fill us. He promises to satisfy us. But the whenever we are feeling that we are not satisfied, that is our decision. And it's our decision of where are we seeking to be filled from? Where are we seeking to have um, all of the things that we think that we need? If we're going to the world, then we're always going to be empty. And we can't go to a place that is, um, we can't go to the place that that depleted our energy to make us be full again. You know, the world is the thing that drains you, going to work, going to school, uh, living in the fallen world. That is what depletes you. But then we turn around and we expect that same thing that took our energy, took our joy, took our peace to then give it back to us. And that's why we ended up feeling empty and not fulfilled. We have to go to to Jesus, the one who gives us all that we need. And that's how we're going to be filled. And that's what he that's what he's always has said to us. So if we are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, we will be filled. And he has promised that to us, but we have to seek in the right place.
Amen. There's just like so much wisdom here. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, I was just going to say I agree with all the ladies and I just want to touch on with the question of will we ever be completely full? Um, I do think that dependent on what kind of completeness that we are looking for, that we will receive it. If it's completeness in this world, we receive what God has already given us in heaven. We will receive that completeness on earth. However, if it is completeness, uh, or yeah, if it is completeness in, uh, in our love or in who we are in Christ and who Christ is to us and our relationship between um, each other, I believe that that will not be fulfilled until we meet him in the air, until we go to heaven. Um, I say this because uh, it's two different things. Um, the world that we live in, whatever the Lord has purposed for us here will be completed as he has already deemed it in heaven. However, if we, if we um, do not receive <clears throat> that completion here, that means that we were, oh, what am I trying to say? Hold on. That completion with Christ is also different because only Christ can fulfill that. And that will only be if we meet him in heaven. And if we, if we do not receive, and we cannot receive that completion of Christ and our relationship to him here on earth because Christ is not of this earth. He's up in heaven. And that's the only place that we will receive that completion with him. And, and also because he cannot fulfill that completion here on earth because we, we will not be living on this earth fully. So I guess it depends on what kind of completion that you're looking for in your life or void that you're trying to fill on this earth, whether it's something that is eternal or something that is temporary here on this earth. I think what I'm saying makes sense. I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. No, that makes sense. No, that definitely makes sense. Can I add something really quick? Of course. Um, I really wanted to just to speak to someone that may be on the fence simply because they don't believe that they will be able to have that zeal or that desire or that want for God. Like I've, I've came across to, I came across someone who was basically asking like, what if, what if they're on the fence about really giving their lives over to the Lord only because they don't know if they will be willing to seek him every day, to read about him, to get to know him, to take the time um, you know, getting to know, to getting, getting to know him and just, and just allowing him to just guide them through their life and, and the things that they'll have to let go of and, and all this sort of thing. And the only thing that I thought about telling them was like, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he gives us a gift. Like he gives us the Holy Spirit. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And with having the Holy Spirit, it's, he he's the one that the Lord said that he has sent as a helper um, that he sent in his name who, who would teach us all things and to bring to remembrance of all things. So like even when our flesh does not feel like it and, and this is this is even going for people that are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. OK, in today's time, like for real, 
being a believer and saying yes to Jesus every day is not, um, it is not, it's, it's not the easiest. It is, it can be difficult. You, you will have those days, but um, we have the Holy Spirit who's, who's constantly um, um, pulling on us, you know, and, 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 and telling us and leading us to the Father's word, to pray to him. Um, it might not seem as powerful or you might not have used a lot of words, but like just the simple fact of just doing it. Um, and I just I just wanted to say that because I know some people may be on the fence because they feel like they might not have the strength to let go of the stuff you know, that they had in the world. And the Lord, look, the stuff that you're holding on to, um, which is the reason why you feel like you're on the fence, God can handle that. That's that's not too big for him to handle. Um, he will take it. Um, but you have to be willing, you have to be in a place of actually trusting that he's, he's going to love you where you are right now. He's going to love you where you are right now, but it's going to come a time too where he's going to want you to let those things go. And you, you're going to even have a desire to let those things go. But that's only going to come from him and not from you. Um, so that was it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I just want to co-sign. Like, God isn't going to leave you alone. So, like, the desire to keep seeking him is always going to be there because his Holy Spirit is in those who truly accept him as Lord and Savior. Um, but thank you, Dustin. Yeah, you're right. We, when we give our lives to Christ, he does give us his spirit, and that is our helper. So, yeah. Okay, next section. Uh, we, as followers of Christ, we have to do a lot of denying and denying of ourselves, and we have to let go of a lot of the things that our flesh wants and every day is a battle, big or small. And it's, it's a good thing to express how we feel and being honest and vulnerable, but where is the balance with um, being human and combining that with our faith? Because a lot of the times we don't feel like doing um, certain things that we're supposed to do, but how do we still um, keep our faithfulness over our feelings? And why is it important that we do that? If I could go, um, I was reminded of the story of Elijah in the Old Testament. Um, very great prophet. He literally stopped the Well, you know, he told he prayed and God stopped the rain for, I believe, three years and everything. And something happened where he was running away from Jezebel. And after he, I'm sorry, I haven't read it in a minute, but I know he had a very great victory. And after the victory, he, um, he sat down and he was tired and he asked God to just basically take him. He didn't want to do it anymore. And God, um, just told him to rest. And he, I believe an angel came and gave him food to eat or whatever and it just shows we are spiritual and we are also human jesus also showed this it's in john 17 um the prayer that he prayed right before going right before going to the cross and everything he was in anguish he was definitely anxious he was in anguish or whatever he didn't want these things to happen but he said nevertheless not my will but your will be done so i think it's important to acknowledge our feelings but recognize the fact that we don't have to accept every feeling that we feel like you're in control we're you know spirit soul and everything like that so we can control how we feel we can control those things sometimes it is okay to you know feel how you feel but you know as Chidera well Chidera you always say you know get up after seven seconds and everything so 
I would just say feel it, but don't let the feelings control you. Sometimes the way how you feel is genuine and it's just representing how you're genuinely and honestly just feeling in that moment, which is okay. Feelings can be an indicator of things that are, you know, going on within inside of us. But yeah, feel it, get back up and just don't let it take complete control over you. Thank you. Yeah, I always say I'm gonna give you seven seconds to sulk. So you can sulk and then you have to stand. But yeah. Uh, does anyone else have anything to add? Well, let's just hook up. Um, and this is actually something that I'm learning currently. So, <laughs> um, uh, 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 uh. Uh, I might have to take your advice on that seven second thing, Shadir, because I I'm still learning. I'm I'm definitely still learning. And and what I mean by that I'm still learning is feeling what I feel and to acknowledge what I'm feeling. And I just I, I think I just indulge or I dwell in it too long. Um, you know, and that and that results in other things. Um so I I've also realized that I have a hard time <laughs> I have a hard time with I won't even say admitting that I'm human. I'm not saying that I, I think that I'm a robot. I'm a robot out here or anything like that. But I did not realize that I have such a strong want of perfection. Um, because in my mind, I'm thinking like, God, you deserve the best. You deserve top tier performance. You feel me? Like you deserve all of that, you know? And um, I tend to neglect the simple fact of, I'm human, <laughs> you know, and I, I have limitations. I'm going to fall. I'm not going to always say the right things. I'm not always going to show up the best way. I'm not going to always be, you know, um, who I, I would like to portray myself to be. And so um, that that personally has opened a door of just condemning myself. Sorry, I just thought to <laughs> to just just to just be um transparent because I'm actually having to go through this and just learning that even in the midst of, of our humanity um God still loves us the same um and of course he does not want us to stay in that place um and that we we also do not have to um, well, he has to keep <laughs> reminding me that I I don't have to have it all together. You know, I don't have to be strong or try to portray to be strong, you know, um, especially by myself, you know, and and um, that he's there to help. And he also has people around me that are there to help. So there's nothing wrong with needing help. Um, and, and, and it's not a sign of weakness um, because uh, that's a whole nother rant. But um, that's that's my spill on that. So I will add, just like Destiny said, just um, that is something that I am also learning, that I will fall sometimes. I, on the other hand, thought that I could withstand anything as long as I have Christ. I can withstand any trial, tribulation, everything that comes my way, which is rightly so that I should believe that I can do that. However, that's not how God has designed the human to do it because then we would start to boast and say that we can do all things and we're able to complete all things. But the way that God has designed us is that 
we will go through things and he will strengthen us. He, re- he loves to reveal things to us um, little by little, showing growth by growth by growth. And he loves doing that to, to his children because we learn from it. If he was to give us all information, we wouldn't be able to comprehend it. And sometimes I, when I fall or when I do something I know I shouldn't have done, when I make a mistake, I let it drown me so much that it, it overclouds everything else that the Lord has uh, showed me or, or given me or blessed me with. And I think that this is definitely one of those things that I, the Lord has shown me that I need to be mindful of because the enemy grabs it. And when I overdwell on it too much and allow it to overwhelm me, it clouds my judgment of everything. And I begin to doubt. So when you said feeling over faith, one thing that came to my mind or two words that came to my mind was temporary over everlasting. That's the way that I'm going to look at it from now on when I allow my feelings um, to overcloud my faith. I'm going to say my feelings are temporary, but my faith is everlasting. So my question is, which one am I trying to promote? And hopefully when I do think of this, it will help me to analyze my situation better and say, I'm trying to promote what's everlasting because that's what's going to last. And my feelings is not going to last. My feelings is temporary, just like this world is. So um, hopefully that's something that um, that will help me. Well, I'm going to start saying it to myself. Once When I get in that situation, I would think to myself, Temporary is for everlasting. Which one do you want to promote? Which one do you want to let grow more? Which one do you want to see more progress in? Which one is true to the word of God? So hopefully that will help people as well. Y'all are all in my business. <laughs> like, please calm down. Yo, okay. Y'all, there were so many great points from all three of y'all. I'm just kind of in shock. I'm like, what am I going to say? But I'm going to go back to, because I was kind of thinking in Zaire's headspace of, we are composed of three things, which is soul, um, soul, spirit, and, and flesh. And so with that being said, one of the biggest things that I have learned, I can't remember exactly who was teaching it, but one of the biggest things that I've learned is you will feed whichever part of yourself, whatever part of yourself you feed the most, that is what you're going to get in return. So being that we are made up of these three things, we have to feed our spirit man more, feed it more than our flesh and feed it more than our soul, our soul being those feelings, those emotions and things of that. Um, So when we feed our spirit more, when we get in those emotional situations or we get in those situations where we're stressed out or whatnot and we need to make a, a decision, when we get to that place, we will answer out of our spirit man or we'll react out of the spirit realm rather than reacting fleshly. And I'm speaking this to myself as well because I'm kind of like destiny. Like I'm I'm in the mindset of like, I feel like my human nature is very perfectionist. Like in everything I do, in in academics, in work, and whatever I'm doing, I feel like I'm a perfectionist. If I can't do it right, like it really frustrates me. And so I just figured this out literally yesterday that his grace is so much more. I mean, we say it all the time. We say it so much, but it's like anytime that I fall short or anytime I feel like I'm not doing all that I can do for the Lord, it does tend to lead to self-condemnation as well for me. And 
when I was just like sitting before the Lord last night, I was like, whoa, like your grace really is enough. Like it's really not conditional. I think we as humans um, tend to deal with other human beings who give conditional love and conditional grace. And we get in this mindset of thinking that God is like that, but he's so much more than that. And everything that he, he, him being God means that he's fully spirit, meaning, you know, he doesn't, he won't sin against us. He won't betray us. That's not part of his nature. And so I think that makes him, uh, I think Jackie Hill Perry said in her book, but that makes him the most trustworthy being that we have in our lives. And so let me stay on topic with the question. How can we keep our faithfulness to God? That is not the question. Yes, it is. Yes. How can we keep our faithfulness to God over humanity? It's getting into a place of trusting him, um, trusting him enough to know that his his grace is enough, number one, but also knowing that he is not going to do anything to, to betray us. So even if we fall short, that doesn't make him love us any less. Even if we're not working in every single um, thing that he's called us to do, it does not mean that he loves us any less or that he's taken some grace from us. Everything that he has given us, it's ours. Um, but the enemy loves to tell us lies because he knows that all of the love and grace that he had from God is completely gone now. And he wants us to suffer like him. But unfortunately, I will not walk in that anymore. Um, thank you to the, you ladies um, to even show me that as well. So, yes. Um, I had one thing to add on to the feelings and faith question. Okay. Um, so as y'all were talking, I remembered something that I read uh, a week or so ago about Jesus praying in the Garden of the Gethsemane. Gethsemane I can't say that. Gethsemane with the um, Peter and the other two disciples. And he's praying. He's called them to pray as well. And they keep falling asleep. And most of the versions, they like just leave it at that. They just say they're falling asleep. They don't say why. And in Luke, it talks about how they were falling asleep because they were exhausted from sorrow. And that really, like, it stuck out to me because a lot of times we do that when we're having feelings. We make a decision to just distract ourselves from it and to fall asleep, whether that be figuratively or in actuality. We just want to sleep away our feelings and not deal with them. And he, Jesus is telling them, why are you not praying? And he was saying... um, Basically saying not, he wasn't telling them to not have feelings, but he was saying move through those feelings and move towards a solution with those feelings um, and don't get stuck in them. And so that really like convicted me because a lot of times when I'm having like um, uncomfortable emotions, I either uh, just ignore them or I get stuck in them. And this is really um, pushing me to, to move through them. And bring those feelings into prayer, and stop, stop making this um, making this statement in my own mind that I've got to get through this emotion before I can come to God with it, and that He is really just calling us to come before Him with everything that we're feeling, and that is the reasoning why He's there for us. And so um, I would just say I I would never say to anybody don't have your feelings, but I would just say don't get stuck in them. And bring them to somebody who can help you move through it. That's so good. 
Thank you. Does anyone have anything else to add? I mean, I have a question, but I don't want to keep us on here until 2024. Um, What's your question? (laughs) I think I just wonder, and this may sound like, I don't know what this is going to sound like, but sometimes I'm just like, Lori, can you just take it? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to feel these things because I had a, I had an instance of, of, of something that I had shared a couple of days ago of me wanting to run away. And people don't don't realize I was I was being for real for real. Like I was finna live in my car all over again. Um, but it was it was only because I realized in my in my in the humanness humanity part that I'm still learning because I'm still going to how to be a human one on one. And um, I'm still I'm the Lord is still revealing to me the areas of my heart that is still wounded you know, where, where people have wronged me or, you know, like you can try your best. You can show up for people. You can love them unconditionally. You can, you know what I'm saying? You could be, you can be all that for people. And it just seemed like it's just not enough. It just seemed like nothing you said, nothing you did, the time you've sacrificed, the money you might have sacrificed, whatever, whatever, whatever. It just does not mean anything. And um, I was going to the Lord about this, and I was like, God, like this is one thing that my heart cannot take. Like I, I, and and it was scaring me to a point to where I was like, I don't want to have to completely remove myself from this person because I love them, you know. Um, and with them being family, I love them. I, I want to be able to get through this and to get through what I'm feeling. But sometimes I'm like, Lord, can you just take the feeling, just take the emotion, like. Um, but I guess that's not what he wanted. Cause if he, you know, if he wanted that, then he would have made robots as children and, you know, everything would be completely different. Um, but sometimes I'm just wondering, like, what is, uh, I don't want to say what's the point of us having emotion. Cause I know that God also wants, um, for us to be able to come to him and to love on him and to want him. Um, but I don't know. I don't even know if that was a question or, or if I just wanted to, to just say what I had to say, but either way, yeah, that's. Yeah, it's 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 tough out here uh, learning how to be a human for one on one. You know, I haven't got to one or two yet. So, yeah, that's that. That was it. L O L. Um, Dara, I know we on short time, so I'm trying to answer this really, really um short. But I don't. I don't. I can't even say I have a perfect answer because honestly, I'm gonna be honest. For me personally. That is the exact reasoning of why I think all of these past few years, I've been very nonchalant and um, very off to my emotions. I mean, I'm not bragging in it at all, but I do think that's why a lot of times stuff just does not phase me now. It's very much like, well, I mean, it's life like and I and I'll joke around about it and all of this stuff because it truly doesn't phase me anymore because I got to a place of where I didn't care. Um and that's not a good place. And the Lord showed me that. But one thing that um, I discuss a lot with people in our group is that um, the Lord had to give us emotion because that's a part of our free will package deal. Girl, like we, as like you said, number one, we would be robots to just, you know, be serving a God that we don't have any emotional um tied to if that makes sense because there's god uh god is made up of three three being what's the word i'm looking for three entities so that's god holy spirit and jesus 
Um, and so with that being said, I do believe that Holy Spirit is more, uh, he more so appeals to our emotional side. And knowing that, knowing that I, I, I could only think that God allowed us to have emotions so that we get to experience a side of him um, outside of just the rules, the fatherly God, um, but also outside of the, the, the convictions and things that we get from him. Like he wants us to know that he's love. He wants us to feel that love because we ultimately are human. You know, you can know that you love someone. Yes. Um, and we can show actions as well, but let's be honest as humans, we want to feel that love too. Like I, I want to be able to know that when I come into your presence, like my whole day lights up because yeah, like guess who I'm about to go talk to. Like I'm about to go talk to God. Like he lights up my day. And so knowing that I truly believe that our emotions that comes with the free will that he's given us and us truly choosing him does, I think our emotions plays a role in that. Um, so yeah, but I'm working through it too. We both learning. I I, I don't think I, I, I don't always ask about emotions. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, why do I have free will? Why do, why do I have the, the opportunity to be able to choose this and choose that when I really know, I just want to choose you. But yeah, we all still learning. That's that's my answer, though. <laughs> I just feel like the reason we feel the way we feel and free will and everything is just so it's an, an, an actual genuine dependence on him. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, but we are at our final question, which is just like thinking about everything that we talked about. How can we effectively make disciples of the world? How do we do that? How, what does that look like? Like, what would that take from us to make a true disciple? I think it's just really important for us to live genuinely up close to people. Um, we There's a lot of people that I have seen in the church, and they say things. Um, but then when I see them in another space, they are living a completely different life or they just keep everybody at a distance and they just say things that have Jesus glitter on them, but doesn't, don't really tell you like, what does it really mean to live a life that is sold out for Jesus? They don't show you that. So I think that making disciples is just living your life genuinely. And, um, especially when you make a mistake, you know, I feel I have learned the most from my own mistakes and the mistakes that I've seen other people make in life. That tells you what what you need to not do is is most is just as important as what you do need to do. And so I think um, we just need to stop shielding what we really are doing, and it's going to help a lot of people know, and it's going to make it seem less intimidating when if we all stop pretending that we're getting it right 100% of the time. You took the words like right out of my mouth. I was definitely thinking one of the best ways is just letting people know that we are still human as well. Even going back to the last question, um, not saying that we are perfect, but that we're learning and we want them to come along on this journey with us. Um, not because none of us have arrived and none of us will arrive fully in this earth, but it's that striving process. Um, and I think another thing is that if we, as the church, which just kind of, 
I, I want to go back to my disciple because I'm so passionate about this. If we would just take time out, I mean, it's not for everyone, but like if you know that you're called to disciple, if you know that you are called to to spread the gospel or teach or whatever it may be, um, to just walk in the gift that God has given you because you really don't know who you could impact through your gifts from him. Um, I think a lot of people like they get into these like lifestyle jobs, like, I don't know, like an accountant or something. And they don't realize that their life is just as much a testimony to someone who is a pastor. Um, it's just all about perspective. And are you you know, using your job or your platform to glorify God? So if we would just look at you know, how is God, um, the gifts and the, the things that he's given me, the, the skills that he's given me, like, how does he want me to use that for his glory? And I think when we start, stop separating our spiritual lives with our physical lives, if we would stop separating the things and combine the two, um, we would do a better job of portraying his love in other areas outside of just the four walls of the church. You know, I truly don't like y'all. I'm just kidding. I love y'all. I love, I love the responses. It's it's literally, I think literally everything that we talked about to this, to this, to this question here is literally everything we could take into account as far as showing up as our authentic self, showing up as the unperfect, humanly, spirit-filled people that we know how to be. The thing about that is sometimes... For I can say for some some people like me, I would say, um, before I came to the knowledge of, you know, perfection is, you know, definitely overrated and I'm I'm not gonna be able to meet it. Um, you know, in my in my own strength. Um I could strive for it, but um the fact of just admitting when you fall and 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 not feeling so much shame of that and and being able to share that with people. Um, and being able, cause I believe that we can make disciples with people the way that I pictured it in my head. And I have never been in an orphanage. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing about the system. None of that. But I was thinking about if you, if you think about like, like let's say a child, like say you was a child that was in an orphanage, right. And then you get adopted into a family. Right. And then your parents that adopted you decided to adopt another child from, from an orphanage. And then you think about how the people that you now call parents have treated you so well and, you know, you're loved by them and everything is just fine and it's great. And then you now have a sibling, you now have a brother or sister, and now you're able to, in a sense, kind of um, welcome them in on, on the things that you've learned. You've welcomed them in and the love that you've received. You, you welcome them in the ways that, you know, the different ways that mother and father shows their love, um, to you personally. And, and you're sharing that, but you're also allowing them to have that, um, what what is it called? Like you're being accountable for them, but you're also allowing them to make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like they gonna fall. Okay, then you know let's dust ourselves off and let's just keep going. Like it's I don't know how to explain it, but that's that that was the the vision that I was that I was getting. I I just think it's just really about taking someone in close and just um loving them and 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 allowing them to to see your life authentically. You know, not just the mountaintops, but also the valleys. 
And um, I believe that we'll be able to do more wonders than we think if we continue to just choose to show just I think continue to just choose to show our weakness, continue to show uh, where 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 we fall short, you know, the things that we deal with on a daily basis and and, and how um, the father has met us in those areas. So then they will be able to know, OK, I know when I fall that the father is not going to throw me away, you know, in the way that I may think, but he, he'll still be there to pick me up. And then, and I also have a brother sister to help me, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think that's the best way to explain it. I hope that makes sense. I'm so sorry. It made sense. I love that answer. Okay. Um, but thank you so much for all your input. I pray that this will touch all those listening and for all you listening, thank you as well. I really hope you gained wisdom for today. Okay, so let's get into our closing prayer. Lord, I thank you for touching my heart and letting me know more of you today. I lay my old life at the door and walk into a new life with you. I confess that you died, you rose, and you will come again. I confess that from today I live for you. I am free by your blood. I am no longer a sinner. You are now my Lord and Savior. Thank you, God. And if that was your first time saying this or you've said it before, I just want to give you a warm welcome to the kingdom. Thank you for listening. This is free indeed. Please be sure to tune in every other Monday everywhere they do podcasts. And reach out to me on social media if there's anything that you would like to share. Always remember the freedom you have in Christ, and I will talk to y'all later.